thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. I'm Brett Hill. I'm Damien Kristoff. And this week, I'm very excited to be introducing a special guest, Jim Costello. is from NeuroFit Systems. He's going to talk all about one of our favorite topics, the nervous system. He is a former chiropractor, which we're very excited to find out all about. So welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. Mate, really excited. This is a topic we are so passionate about and we love talking about, so this is going to be great. We're going to get right into the nuts and bolts of the nervous system and how to fine-tune the nervous system, how to stimulate the nervous system. It's going to be really exciting. But before we get into that, let's get a bit of an introduction to you, Jim. We mentioned that you started off this journey as a chiropractor, so how did you get into chiropractic to start with? You know, I was, um, as a young kid, I was was having some trouble with vertigo and just dizziness and, and no one could really put it together for me. And, um, uh, my folks said, Hey, there's this thing called chiropractic. Now remind you in the States, it was removed many, many years ago. I sound like a young kid, but I'm really not. So back in the day, you know, chiropractic wasn't as, uh, uh, prevalent. So my parents took me to a chiropractor and he said, Hey, we can make an adjustment here. We're going to move the Atlas. Boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden, you know, within two or three adjustments, my vertigo was gone. And, and I was so moved by that experience that I said, I've got to get in, I've got to figure this out. I want to be part of this when you can help people without medicating them, man, that's awesome. Right. So that's how my journey into chiropractic started. And, um, I was blessed to, uh, have some good direction by a few of my mentors. I actually ended up being one of the youngest chiropractors ever licensed in the state of California. That's where I live at 24 years old. And, um, I practiced for 18 years and I, I did all kinds of different, um, uh, variations of practice, meaning I was in, involved in sports chiropractic. And then I was involved with, I have five children, my wife and I have five children. So I did pediatric work and then I kind of ended my career on something interesting was, was working with uh, horses. And, um, that's, that was my kind of career. And then it morphed into, um, wanting to do a little bit more. And I, 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 I kind of put together this dissertation on the framework and, and how the framework conveyed energy. And I came out of practice and started working with clients more on a fitness basis with some chiropractic involvement, lighting up the nerve system, helping them to get to their optimum potential. And um, one of the things that I ran across um, with my clients at that point was this thing called addiction and compulsive disorder. So I didn't really understand that at all. Um, I went back and got certified as an addiction professional. And in that process, learned about the subcortex. And for, for those of you that are out there, the subcortex is really just a fancy name for processing machinery, right? It's our fight, flight, freeze system. It's our calm down system. It's it's our mood and emotional regulation uh, mechanism. So I looked at that and said, man, if, if that's where all the physiology happens, that's where all the communication neurologically and chemically happens, then there's got to be a way to get to that. Because I know that in athletic models, you can put a load on the body and you can sculpt it, right? I mean, if you want to elongate your muscles, you can do yoga. If you want to strengthen your core, you put a load on your body and you tell your brain, Hey, I need to strengthen my core. If you want to 
become bigger, faster, stronger. You put a load on your body and the brain creates the chemistry to change the musculature. And that's what physiology does. So what I did with a couple of my colleagues is kind of reverse engineered the neurology from the brain stem and the midbrain and the subcortical structures out to the framework, figured out where to put a load on it. And then here we are today. This is and so cool. So got, cool. Yeah, it's I mean, exciting. I'm actually getting a bit uh, excited about this. I'm going, wow, this is <laughs> when did this well, in Australia? Well, Sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, we do, you know, you think about all those people that you could help with that, you know, everything from addiction and compulsive disorders, which obviously start to present mm-hmm. themselves as people a little bit older, but you know, there's behaviors yeah. that are, are very um, in, in the, the compulsive spectrum, you know, for example, ADHD and autism, Asperger's and all those sorts of sensory processing disorders, all those sorts of things um, obviously ben- you know, fall into that same category. And the work that you do helps those sort of people, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, if we break it down to, um, you look at the wiring harness, right? And I'll just, I'll, I'm going to try to use simple terms like wiring harness and, you know, the subcortical structures are so amazing because that's where, that's what, where all the information from the world around us has to get through that area, right? Before it can go to the cortex or, or the, or the, you know, that, that, that multi-sequence step and that executive functioning part of the brain. And when we're looking at kids on the spectrum, or we're looking at um, individuals that have learning challenges or focus and concentration issues. I, you, we look at them, and, and, and the simplest way to look at that is supply and demand. And that's a universal law, right? And supply and demand applies to everything. And it applies really efficiently to neurology, because if the level of neural, neural organization is low, and that's what, what I would say that it's, that's the ability for the uh, brain to receive, process, and execute input, right? If, if, if that's low and not meeting demand, our systems overload and they overwhelm. And when they overload and overwhelm, that's when we see what I call a three-tier structure of inefficiency neurologically. And you see it neuromotorically. You can see it with processing inefficiency. And then you'll see it with cognitive inefficiency. And when you look at kids on the spectrum, we look at kids that have attention deficits, even adults. Like right now I'm sitting and I can't stop moving because as soon as I do, I, I stop thinking, right? I mean, and that's just <laughs> how the framework and the neurology work together. So it's really not about something broken because there's nothing to fix. It's really about efficiency. So when we talk about mental health, um, mood regulation. We talk about processing efficiency and inefficiencies delays. It's all in that supply and demand relationship between effective neurologic organization versus how many demands are we having to face on a day, you know, at the moment. So Jim, you're talking about organization, you know, it seems like there may be, you know, a rise in this, you know, I guess disorganization for want of a better word. Um, You know, and there seems to be a debate about whether we're just detecting it better or whether it is in fact rising. But from certainly from my perspective in practice, it certainly seems like it's rising. Um, would you suggest that it is rising? And if so, what is it about our modern society that's leading to a rise in this disorganization in our nervous systems? Well, you know, there's there's so many variables and there's so many factors because, you know, if you look at, at um, the correlations, you have physical, emotional, chemical stressors 
right? That's that's what we kind of that's what the nerve system manages, right? So at any at any given time, if if there's a huge demand and the organization is low and there's this stress response, you know, it it, it can throw us our systems completely out of balance. So there's there's issues when when you know as babies are born if they're not going through compression cycles efficiently and their bodies aren't squeezed and pushed and coming out of the chute with efficiency you know there's a layer of primitive reflex patterns that have to be integrated with efficiency because in our development sequences it's stage related evolutionary and experience so if there's something at the very baseline which is the primitive responses isn't they're they're not integrated efficiently, it's going to affect the postural reflexes and responses, which is when we're on all fours. And then we come upright to gravity. If the posturals are inefficient, then we can't have efficient equilibrium responses. And there's a series of compensations with eye teaming and tracking, the ability to cross midline, and and then all those involuntary mechanisms with your body thinks it's under a fight flight response. And there's going to be naturally a hyperhistamine response there's going to be mucus dumping in the gut to encapsulate you know food sources to get them out quickly and so it's it's yes there's a layer even what we're seeing of disorganized neurology happening more and more and more um how those variables how that's happening man if i could put my finger on that I think, We'd be I, think around we, I think if we could all put our that. finger on that, that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Be unbelievable. So but I, we all see it, aren't we? Yeah. Like we, we all definitely see it. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's parents wanting their kids to be better than everyone else and so they're walking at eight months or six months, you know, the parents are seeing that their child wants to stand up at the age of, you know, six weeks, even though it's just a stepping reflex. Like many people are, are confusing or not aware of the many um, stages of development that people should go through. And, and so they're, they're trying to fast track their kids so they get the smartest kid in the class who's going to get the A's, who's then going to get the, you know, the better education, maybe the scholarships and then the good jobs and all that sort of stuff. And so we see that here as well. But I think you raised some really great points there, Jim, and that is that when you skip through it, in other words, if you try to run before you can walk or you try to walk before you can crawl or if you don't crawl or any of these sorts of things, you set up a disorganization within the brain. It makes it very, very difficult for the body to adapt. Um, and there's downstream consequences. And you mentioned hyperhistamine response. So we're talking allergies in Australia. We have unbelievable yeah. amounts of allergies. Like the, You never used to have peanut allergies. You might get a little bit of egg allergy. Now we've got peanut allergies. Now there's kiwi fruit allergies. And now there's you know all kinds of different allergies that people have got to be aware of, um, potentially as a result, almost likely as a result of some kind of disorganization in the nervous system. It's, mm-hmm. It is feasible and it is possible to expect that this could all be related to the speed at which we're trying to get kids to grow up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The pace that kids are going, it's unbelievable. And you're right. The, 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 rush, to, um, the rush to performance and, and, and all those different types of markers that or milestones that have to be met at a certain ratio, whoever determines that, yeah, those are definitely variables. Definitely variables. And I think what's interesting when what as chiropractors, you understand, you know, that the, what we call the autonomic nervous system, right? So we have the sympathetic fight, flight, freeze response. And then there's that, uh, you know, rest and repair part, which is the parasympathetic, which is all our glandular pieces. So that's all regulated by this one area called the subcortex and that involuntary uh, reactive mechanism. So, yeah, I mean, when you 
when you push things physically too fast, you're going to see them show up somewhere else. That's just the compensation. So, Jim, if we're suspecting that our kids or perhaps even adults uh, do have some sort of neurological disorganization, um, because we know that, you know, it can, you know, this sort of uh, lack of development can carry through right into adulthood sometimes for some people. Um, what do we look for? How do we identify that someone may not be integrating with their nervous system as well as they should be? You know, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see it in three tiers. So you'll see some form of a, a neuromotor what we'll call a neuromotor inefficiency. And that's, that's kids that, and even adults that kind of maybe walk a little awkward or they run a little awkward or they, they're not the most efficient in their, in their physical coordination and balance and things of that nature. Then you'll see it in processing, um, delays. Uh, you can see it in, in, uh, <laughs> flashpoints as far as tantrums and things of that nature. That's an indicator that, you know, the supply is, 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 is not meeting the demands that are happening. So there's going to be a fight, flight, freeze overload there. And then you'll see it whenever there's um, a cognitive load, um, when an individual has to pace or move or, you know, tap their fingers. And it, it, that's the one thing about uh, neurodynamics, if you would, is that it, it's constantly in a state of flow. And I think, you know, with chiropractic, as you understand it, and you're, you're releasing nerve flow, and 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 with what we're doing with trying to pave pathways and 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 balance the system through movement, it is all about flow. It's really not trying to manage inefficiencies. It's more of promoting efficiency. And uh, so, when you look at it from that perspective, and you see a kid hopping around in a classroom who can't sit still, they're actually really trying to focus, right? Because if they did sit still, their ability to organize the input would not meet the level of demand. Does that make sense? I mean, that's 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 how the body and the brain work together. Totally, right? it totally makes sense from our perspective yeah. as as chiropractors, and I'm sure our practice members out there and, and people out there who are thinking, "Oh my gosh, is that my kid? Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been worried <laughs> about my kid," you know, all that sort of stuff. It'll start yeah. to it'll start yeah. to sink in for them because you know they, they sure. people recognise when there's something not right, and, and and often a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that there's something not right, but they recognise that something's not right, and so yeah. they're wondering where do they start, what can they do, where should they go, and. In, in Australia at large, there's not a lot of places that you can go to. You can, obviously, you can go to your chiropractor and, you know, we'll assess all that and, and, and we'll take that further. A lot of GPs wouldn't even recognize it, so they would, might not, you know, refer yeah. on to a pediatrician or a pediatric uh, neurologist, you know. There's just not enough of yeah. them around. You know, there's not the yeah. – hasn't been that massive demand in Australia. So where could people start if they're, if they're experiencing or they're seeing this? Where could people start with um, – you know, looking into this sort of thing in Australia or how can they help their children? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, we have, I, I don't know if you know this, but we did open uh, our, we opened a facility in, in NeuroFits in, in Brisbane. Yeah. yeah so it. that, I mean, that's, that's a great, they're a great resource. They're amazing. It's an amazing uh, company out there and, and uh, we're very close and connected and I'm out there quite a bit. Um, you can visit our website. Obviously, we have some information on that. And, you know, putting together um, movement is key. I mean, movement is key for for getting the nerve system regulated and, and things things of that nature. Um, we do have an advantage out here in the States in that we, you know, we're here and we, you know, we're kind of like that neuromotor piece. But um, um, I, I'm not familiar with the systems out in Australia as of yet. 
Um, and you're right, this is such a brand new kind of concept um, reaching the subcortical structures. I say, you know, you start with chiropractic, you, you maintain physical mobility and uh, good old fashioned organic play really helps a long way. Don't look at your kids as being broken because there's nothing to fix. It's just a matter of efficiency. Yeah, and obviously, Jim, for people in Australia, they're going to be able to listen to at the Mind Forum, which is coming up pretty soon. I think it's the 20th to the 22nd of May, so that's not far yeah. away at all. Um, and so that would be a great spot for them to start. And I guess also the Mind practitioners who will be going along to hear you speak um, will hopefully have gained some real insight into how they can assess and help these kind of kids. So that's certainly yeah. one spot to go. And um, yes. I guess for, for parents at home, you know, you're talking about play, you're talking about movement. Now, what would you suggest are the key sort of movements and abilities that we should try and instill into our children? You know, what, should, what sort of stuff should we try and focus on having them do? Is it crawling? Is it climbing, jumping, running, or, or just free flow, all of the above? It's, it's free flow, all of the above. You know, one of the best things that you can do is kind of get rough and tumbly with your kids, right? I mean, proprioception is really important. The, where they feel they're at in space and time let's the vestibular system and the cerebellum kind of understand where they're at in space and time. And that's how pathways get laid. So if, if you can run and play and roll and tumble, those are the real things that um, help that subcortical structure understand where an individual's individuals at in space and time. And that's what, that's what we encourage. I mean, our protocols, you know, it's, it's relatively quick. It's, it's a couple sessions a week. And our homework for parents is there is no homework. Go play with your kid. And that might be throwing balls at them, taking them to the park. Whenever you can immerse in the elements and allow the elements to kind of be part of that physicality, that's what we're looking for. It's the experience, right? It's yeah. not skill set training. It's the experience that helps grow the subcortical neurology. Nice, nice. So I love that. So a lot of people are trying to focus on the children being precise with their movements, you know, throwing a ball and hitting a target or kicking a soccer ball. But it's the experience of being out there and playing, you know, being involved in that climbing, climbing trees, climbing equipment, um, skipping rope. Yeah, it's all of those sorts of things that actually help to integrate the brain. Now, if your children can't hop on one leg, don't expect them to be able to skip a rope, you know, so maybe get them starting exactly. skipping on one leg or, you know, hopping on one leg. And then, you know, if they never crawled um, and then they're having balance issues or they can't ride a bike, then maybe start playing with them, crawling along the ground and wrestling them, you know, Absolutely. being on top of them, those sorts of things. Like, Absolutely. Go back a few Absolutely. years. Go Just take it back, yeah. take a few steps back. And it's okay to do that. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's a blast and, and engage with them, right? So you get on the ground with them and, and let them mirror you, right? And, and, and create obstacles, climb up or crawl up and over obstacles, crawl under obstacles. We use tractor tires, um, huge, just bulldozer tires as part of our, nice. our protocol because they're amazing. Brett, they're, Brett they're, uses those every morning. He's, he's yeah. crossfit. Flipping, you know, so. flipping them. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but you get a little a little kid inside a tractor tire, you take away their visual cutie, now they have to feel their motor plan, right? But they think it's the greatest thing in the world because they're playing in a giant tractor tire. So those are the kind of organic things that really make a difference. Hey, Jim, I'd love to ask you about risk because um, I've actually just reading a book at the moment which is all about resilience and it's fantastic. And, and it talks about risk and the, the benefits of it from, I guess, a mental side of things, you know, of developing mm -hmm. resilience. But, but also I think from a physical side of things, I think 
as a society, we are at risk of being too risk averse, you know, where we are stopping our kids from climbing, playing, jumping, rolling, wrestling, all of those sort of things because we perceive them as being too risky. Um, And as a result, I think we're missing out on a lot of this stuff. So, um, you know, do you agree with that? And how do we get parents to let their kids take some risks? Yeah, well, here's here's one of the (laughs) that's 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 awesome. And you're you're spot on. And and yes, people, I, I think. I think there's this overwhelming seed planted that says, oh, you know, the kids are broken and they can't jump. And, oh, my goodness, what if they fall? We got to prevent them from falling. But if you look at and I hate to use the word typical, but, you know, neurology that develops more uniformly, how's that or more efficient? You're not there grabbing your child's foot and saying, "Okay, Billy, we're taking the left foot and it goes here. Right. Billy's taking a couple of steps and hitting the ground hard. Right. And then he gets up and he hits the ground hard again. And, and when you're able to bump and fall and allow that to happen and not, of course, in a in a, a dangerous environment. Right. But you you allow that to help and, and you engage in that process because the cerebellum has to react. It's like setting a gyro. It's going to know how to reset itself after it falls a few times. Right. The cochlea, the 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 all the vestibular tracks are going to integrate and go like, oh man, if we tip our head over two degrees this way, we're going down. So guess what we're not going to do, right? So part of that is, you know, as a parent, you just engage in that and you, you have to be confident because if you're confident, then that energy trickles down the leash and that little, that little child is going to have a little bit more confidence in taking that risk. And that's exactly how the nerve system at the subcortical level grows. Like when kids are on unstable platforms and they start to fall, we kind of encourage them a little bit and we make sure that they land very softly on mats, you know, and that kind of stuff. But it's not, it, it, that's again, the risk is part of experience, right? That's, that's what it's all about. Totally. Totally. Oh, this is really important for people to hear. I think, um, look, I'll be honest here. My little boy, Jacko, he started to walk too early um, and we encouraged it. You know, uh, probably at nine months he was walking. By nine months, one day he was running, and uh, and so, you know, whilst there's, you think, oh my gosh, isn't my child really special? And I wasn't a chiropractor when Jackson was that young. He's nearly sixteen now, um, but it took a long time for us to teach him how to ride a bike. It took him a long time for him to experience um, swinging on a swing because he didn't enjoy it. Didn't like going on dizzy, you know, roundabout things because it kind of spun mm-hmm. him out a little bit. And there's a few things as a result of him not crawling for long enough and as a result of him not experiencing certain milestones that he took a long mm-hmm. time to kind of be able to you know, become coordinated, you know, kicking a football, you yes. know, in, in, you know um, kicking a soccer ball. All those sorts of things for Jack initially were a little bit difficult. These days he's got it. But when I yeah. realized the importance of the nervous system and staging and stepping through all of these things, we had to take Jack back to – all those basic primitive things and so still today at 16 one of the most fun things that we have is is a wrestle to the ground and his job's now to try and throw me over because he's taller than me and so there's all these you know things that we still do that help him integrate it's never too late you know we're teaching adults this and 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 children will benefit at any age for this isn't that right jim absolutely absolutely we have we have 90 we have a 90 year old kid that we're working with right now with vertigo you know, that's the one thing I think what's the most amazing thing about the nerve system is that when you ask it to work, it responds. So it's, you know, plasticity is open lifelong. It just has to be asked. And I think that's one of the things 
that um, is most exciting for what 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 I kind of looked into. Or I'll just say fell into because you don't grow up one day thinking you're going to figure out how to pave pathways through the subcortex. You know, that's not what you're what you do you, you just kind of have this epiphany and it, all of a sudden oh my gosh here we are but the amazing thing is is that if you can replicate that developmental sequence and you can play through it new networks will grow it's like paving old rickety potholed roads with new super highways i mean and, and that nervous system responds so you're right even with your son you know you take him and you wrestle them to the ground. If you had them roll up a hill and roll down a hill, there'd be so much integration. It'd be amazing. You know, I mean, that those kind of things happen. And um, typically, I mean, with with what you were just saying with him, you know, it, that's a perfect indicator where the the body and the eyes are not communicating with efficiency. So he's he spins out because his eyes are working so hard, not only to take in the sensory input from the world around him, but they're trying to manage the horizon and they're not supposed to do all that right? His center of gravity is supposed to be underneath him. And that's a felt thing. So that's how those things integrate. You know, this is great, Jim. Now, we've mentioned chiropractic a number of times through this episode, but I'd love to hear from you, you know, what role you see chiropractic playing in this picture? And, and at what stage along this journey, you think people should be going in and getting checked? Um, well, as soon as they're born, they should be checked, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's absolutely spot on. Um, I think chiropractic role is it's it's pivotal in the sense that here we're talking about neuromotor and, and development. And, you know, when muscles form and they start to balance and and we go through growth spurts, the spine needs to be checked. The alignment has to be checked and it has to be released because that's just part of the process of being human, being bipedal on two feet. There's going to be compression loads and, and, and curves are going to take different loads and you've got to keep that 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 nerve system opening and flowing at all times so the adjustments are, are pivotal um you know my kids well, they're they're old now and they still get adjusted i mean that's part of our life look at it's part of the scheme right we're, we're talking about efficiency building efficiency we're not talking about managing inefficiencies that's the yeah. different that's the different group if you would right now we can work together as a whole and if you're going to look at working and, and, and improving efficiency, you know, there's, there's chiropractic is part of that group, right? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I often find it uh, fascinating, and Jim, you may have a take on this. There's people that are listening to this podcast at the moment, they may or may not have taken their children to a chiropractor, but they may not understand the importance of the regularity of it. The science is starting to be clear. You know, we, we're starting to see with Heidi Harvick's work in New Zealand that um, regular chiropractic care changes the brain. So we know that we can measure it. It's seen, it's been reported, it's been published. Um, so the science is there. And I know that there's people jumping up and down in Australia and possibly also in the States for evidence-based medicine and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. We're all about patient-centered care um, in our practice. And I know with Brett's practice and many other practices around, we, we are very patient-oriented. And yes, we consider the science. Um, but it's not the only thing that we look at. You know, we're looking to get a, a, an outcome for our patients that's amazing. Now, regular chiropractic care always outperforms short-term chiropractic care, in my experience. Mm -hmm. um, how regular is regular? Are we talking weekly? We're we talking fortnightly? We're we talking three weeks? What's what's regular for Jim? Uh, regular for me is uh, every two weeks. 
That's right. Uh, for me personally. And, and what about, yeah, for me would you say that's yeah. enough for children? Is that good enough for children? Um, could they be benefiting from less or more? What, what's your feeling there? Well, I, I could tell you, I could tell you this. You, you look at, if you take on a case by case basis and you look at the individual, right, then that's how I would, I tailored my, um, programs for individuals and i you know i could tell you now my daughter she plays lacrosse out here which is a pretty physical game in the states and and she you know we're checking her spine twice a week and and you know that's that's her maintenance program because of her physicality right um so that's i mean it's on a case-by-case basis obviously it's as simple as this if there's a restriction and you open the flow then you're going to perform much better overall physically and glandularly so the question is how often do parents want their children to be at their optimal potential that's the question I'm right so it. getting checked so like it's actually putting it back yeah. onto the onto the onto the parents uh, well, yeah i think it's great it's kind yeah. of their response it's kind of their responsibility right i mean if if you want your kid to be in class and have the optimal brain power and and focus and concentration why would you turn a third of the gate valves off. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a bit like using a fax machine instead of an email, right, Damien? Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, I just, I've, I've never, I haven't received a fax ever. And the reason why I went <laughs> blank before is because my fax machine, my, my printer, which I've just recently connected up to my phone line, started ringing. So I've just received a spam fax. I can't I just, believe it. I just it. had to mention it, Damien, because I'm constantly criticised on this show for being the caveman who's behind oh, on technology, and here's Damien oh. getting interrupted. By a fax. I can't believe it. Yes. I've got a fax. I can't believe it. Anyway, well, that uh, I can't make my printer exercise to get up to speed. It's only ever going. It's only ever going to have that. Hey, Jim, it's been fantastic having you on today, and I know that our listeners will have got so much from this. There's a lot of big words that you used in there, which I really love, and I know Brett got excited about. And I think that people will need to replay this episode, and uh, and of course, people can come and see you at the Mind Forum, which is in May. Brett, Absolutely. what are the dates for that? It was the twentieth till the twenty second of May. That's this year, right? So that's it's this year. It's we're very talk- soon. Yeah, we're talking very, very soon. So um, that's very, very exciting. People can get along to that. Uh, there's some great speakers at the Mind Forum this year. Some amazing speakers, and we've got more interviews for the Mind Forum coming coming up that Brett's organised. So I'm Another really one looking next forward week. to that. Another one next week, which is good, which is great. But of course, if people want to find out more about how they can get access to uh, your stuff, Jim, they can go to Neuro Hyphen Fit. Now, hyphen is a little dash, right? So it's Neuro N E U R O Hyphen Fit dot com. Um, and yeah. so go there, check it all out. It looks really good. Um, the, the facilities, uh, w- which, you know, Jim's got and set up here uh, is something that people can, anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. It's just that Jim's put together a program which works. And so it's really worth having a look at that. So thank you so much, Jim. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was a great, great opportunity for me. And I, I, I can talk about what I do. <laughs> I'm in, so thank you. <laughs> awesome. Now, guys, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this episode, uh, this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Lawrence is a little bit, he's got a cold at the moment, so he needs a wellness update. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and give us a comment. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives and lead by example. Let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.